Good morning and welcome to service this morning at Grace Church. We'd like to give a special welcome this morning to Bob, who's back from the hospital. Welcome, Bob, and we're glad to have you. We hope you're... Hope you continue in good health. Uh, the announcements have been going on the, I'll just highlight a few. Uh, there's music in the square this afternoon at four, from two till four. Our search team has been busy working, uh, still working. They will meet again on Wednesday, the 31st. And in the light of that, the worship team has, along with them, has put together the services for September. Next Sunday, uh, Bob Blackmore will be leading worship. The light on Main Street will begin in October. Meals again, and there'll be further announcements closer to that time. <clears throat> If you borrowed the yearbook and statistics, yearbooks and statistics from the church office, 2020 and 2021, we'd like it returned as we need it. And we are looking for readers the first of the month of September. If you can read or can give some time for that, please sign up at the back. The other ones are in the website if you want more information on them. We remember that for thousands of years, indigenous people have walked upon this land and that their relationship with the land is at the center of their lives and spirituality. We recognize that we are all treaty people. At Grace United, we are part of Saugeen Treaty 45 and a half and we are gathered on the traditional territory of Haudenosaunee, Ojibwe, Anishinaabek, and Métis people. We acknowledge the part the church has played in an ongoing history of oppression and colonization. We pray that God may ever lead us in building right relationships. Join me in the call to worship. <clears throat> Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, has blessed us. And the opening prayer. Gracious God, we come together in joy and gladness thankful for bringing us together as a community of disciples. You have made each of us as individuals, and we are grateful for the presence of everyone here today, those we have known our whole lives and those we haven't yet met. 
Help us to be open to your word and your will as we worship together. Amen. We'll join in singing verses, hymns, Come All You People, More Voices, number two. could join together with the ancient ritual of passing of the peace as we say the peace of Christ be with you and also we will continue in prayer whom do you seek we seek the grace of God do you seek God with all your heart Do you seek God with all your soul? Yes and no. God have mercy. Do you seek God with all your mind? Yes and no. Do you seek God with all your strength? Yes and no. Now we will hear our minute for mission with Leona. Small church with big history attracts pilgrims. The oldest Methodist building and one of the oldest churches in Canada. Since Jesus first walked on this earth, Christians have been spiritually drawn to make pilgrimage to places connected to his birth, life, crucifixion, resurrection, and legacy. Today, pilgrimage hotspots include in Germany, Lourdes and Taze in France, and of course, the Holy Land. Here in Canada, thousands of Christian pilgrims make their way to the small town of Napanee, Ontario, to visit Old Hay Bay Church each year. The last Sunday in August is the highlight of the season when the church hosts its annual pilgrimage service. What's the attraction? It's a mix of the history, scenery, spiritual connection, and community. An unassuming building clad with grade wood siding and wide doors that open to a plain but sturdy sanctuary. Old Hay Bay Church was originally built on the shoreline of Hay Bay, which connects to the Bay of Quinte in, in 1792. It is the oldest Methodist building and one of the oldest churches in Canada. Now it belongs to the United Church of Canada and your generosity through mission and service 
helps ensure that it will continue to be a place of pilgrimage for years to come. <clears throat> Elaine Farley, chair of the Board of Trustees and one of the church's custodians, explains that building originally referred to as the Meeting House was the center of the rapid growth of Methodism and hosted the first camp meeting in 1805. Methodism grew into the largest Protestant group in Canada and was the largest communion that became the United Church in 1925, she says. The founders reflect any United Church congregation today. They came from various countries of origin and had a wide variety of skills and knowledge, but together they made a strong voice speaking of God, their community, and their future. Farley warns that she could enthusiastically go on and on about why the small church in rural Ontario is so important, but she sums it up with three short sentences. Old Hay Bay Church has earned its place in the history of Methodism and the United Church of Canada. It is not just a building, but also a sacred place of our ancestors, as well as a pilgrimage place for us and our descendants. It has a special place in people's hearts. Thank you for helping to preserve important historical, theological, and pilgrimage sites through your mission and service gifts. And the scripture reading this morning is from Acts 16, verses 9 to 15. A vision of a man from Macedonia came to Paul during the night. He stood urging Paul, come over to Macedonia and help us. Immediately after he saw the vision, we prepared to leave for the province of Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. Lydia's conversion. We sailed from Troas, straight from Samarathras, and came to Napolis the following day. From there we went to Philippi, a city of Macedonia's first district and a Roman colony. We stayed in that city several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the riverbank, where we thought there might be a place for prayer. We sat down and began to talk with the women who had gathered. One of those women was Lydia, a Gentile god worshiper from the city of Thyatira a dealer in purple cloth. As she listened, the Lord enabled her to embrace Paul's message. Once she and her household were baptized, she urged, now that you have decided that I am a believer in the Lord, come and stay in my house. And she persuaded us. This is the word of God to us. Because we just got back from Manitoulin Island and it was hot hot summer day like in this song and we saw deer seven we counted all on separate trips and so I thought this must be the song for today as the deer long sulfur water
Thank you, Beth. <clears throat> Our speaker this morning is Alan Buckingham. He's a lay member of the United Church of Canada, living in Banff, Alberta. Alan has sat on the executive of General Council of the United Church of Canada, among other committees. He's currently the chair of the Banff Housing Authority, a local not-for-profit. And when not attending meetings, Alan is a communication and technology consultant, focusing on how churches can use innovative techniques to share their messages. Alan is also the founder of Together We Worship, the program we've been using this month. And we thank him for that. Alan Buckingham. During the night, Paul had a vision of someone who said, come and tell us about the ways of Jesus. And so the next morning he got up and went on the way pretty much, as far as I can tell. That's how I hear the story. And I couldn't help but wonder what that meant for us today or how somebody today might react where that, the situation, or would they even ever have that kind of dream, that kind of vision because I feel like today, telling people about the ways of Jesus is not something we're eager to do. In fact, really, the whole book of Acts and you know all the disciples going out and sharing the story is a little uncomfortable feeling, maybe, uh, for a lot of mainline Christians today. We hear about people uh, in other denominations, some of us might say evangelicals or fundamentalists or whomever, who go and, and talk about how they've been born again or saved or whatever and push Christianity. But my impression is a lot of mainline Christians, us in the United Church of Canada, don't really do that and don't feel comfortable doing that. Sometimes I even feel like if people asked us a question, we might be like, mm, uh, eh, and not even really engage somebody who's actually inquiring to us about our beliefs, why we may go to church, um, or consider ourselves Christians. And yet, Jesus encouraged the disciples to go out two by two and to share about the way of Christ, the way that he was teaching folks to live, Paul definitely saw it as a mission to go and evangelize and to tell people the story. And I wonder, what does this story mean for me and mean for us? It can be hard sometimes. There's a lot of reasons to not want to share the fact that one is Christian. Christianity's gotten a bad reputation in a lot of the world. Here in Canada, in the name of civilizing the people who were already here on this land when Europeans came, a lot of pretty horrendous things were done in the name of civilization, but also in the name of the church. And it really was the church who was the lead or a really strong partner in a lot of that um, behavior. And you don't necessarily want to associate with that. 
And even today, I think, as a mainline Christian of a, a liberal, say, persuasion, it can be hard to associate with Christianity when many people see, especially in the news, Christians who are against this and don't believe in that and want a certain way of life that excludes others. And for me as a Christian, that's not the way of Jesus at all. That is not how I hear the gospel um, telling us Jesus lived or encouraged us to act. And so to associate oneself with Christianity can be hard. And yet I'm very proud to be a Christian. I think the way of Jesus of, that I understand of living a life of simplicity, of sharing one's resources, of loving others, no matter who they are, no matter their situation, of sitting and talking with people who others reject for all kinds of reasons. That way of Jesus is super appealing to me, and I really try to do my best, and I do not do a very good job, but I try to push myself to follow that way, to live with respect for creation, for others, no matter their situation and to see them as people, and to see them as loved by God. And I see absolutely no reason to share that message with others. I'm doing it. If people ask me, how can I do that? Why do I do that? I should say, well, that's what I believe we should all do. Uh, and I learned that by reading the Bible, um, by going to church, by listening to the stories of Jesus, and feeling like that was a life worth emulating. I should, I think, be comfortable saying that. Most of the time I'm not though. And I don't really know why that is. No, I shouldn't say that. I really do know why that is because I don't want to be one of those Christians. Um, and I imagine those Christians say that about me too. So well, that's a whole other thing to get into. But I don't want to be seen as forcing my beliefs on somebody, no matter what, how great I think my beliefs are. Um, part of my beliefs are also that I shouldn't be forcing them on others. So I don't want to be seen as doing that. And then it becomes difficult. To, well, how do I share my beliefs, the story, without forcing it on somebody? And there's also that, well, just religion in general is not necessarily seen in a super great light these days. And so if somebody thinks of me as religious, well, are they going to think less of me? And I don't want people to think less of me, so if I just don't mention it, then maybe they'll just think I'm nice because I'm nice and do good things, and they'll still maybe hopefully try to do it and be like me, but it doesn't really matter if they don't know why I do it, right? Right? I don't know. I actually don't know if it matters if they know why you do it or not. In general, I don't really think that it matters why one treats people with respect and loves people no matter what. I, it makes the world a better place no matter why we do it. But I also don't think it hurts. I think it probably is a good thing if we do share why we do it. Because it gives folks another example of a way to do it that can be life-changing. I think. I don't know, evangelism, talking about our beliefs, 
it's, I think, tricky. It is for me. And I feel like that's true for a lot of the people that I deal with and that I talk to. And I definitely do not have the answers of how we should really do it. But when I hear, or so, because I hear, and the scripture reading this morning from Acts, and that's just what Paul did. Like, he got this vision, and, you know, I don't even know that I would have ever thought of actively going um, and telling people, I don't even invite, if I've got guests and they're here on a Sunday, I don't invite them to come to church with me. I just probably won't go that Sunday because um, I don't want to, you know, force anything on them or make them think I'm too weird or anything like that. I mean, if it's somebody I know goes to church, then, yeah, we'll, we'll go. But I'm way more likely to just put it off. And yet we were called to go and share the good news, the way of Christ. I don't reconcile that very well uh, within me. It is definitely something that I need, I feel I need to work on a little more. I don't know that I want to, though. If I'm honest, I really don't know if I want to. Because I'm scared. And yet Paul, who was a devout Jew, an anti-Jesus, anti-followers of the way of Jesus Jew, when he caught the Jesus bug, he was just all over it and had to go and tell everybody about how he'd figured out what God wanted through the stories of Jesus. And, you know, took a boat and across land and here and there, and that's just in this passage this morning. I don't know the, that I'd really, no, I know that I wouldn't be willing to do that, really. Spend my own money to go take a boat through some seas at I don't know what time of year and safety because I felt like somebody wanted to or should be hearing about Jesus. I don't even invite friends of mine who I know like me and know they know I do church things. They're not going to hate me because of it, but I don't even invite them church. I don't even go to church if they're going to be around because I don't want to deal with that. But I'm hoping as I say this that maybe I can change that. But it's not going to be easy for me. And I imagine it's not going to be easy for most of us to talk that little bit more about our faith, our belief, about Jesus. But I think we should challenge ourselves. To me, this passage challenges me, and I hope it challenges you to go and, and do it just maybe a little bit. Because I do think that Christianity, the Christianity that I understand, can offer a lot of good examples. A lot of what people believe and want to believe today even, I just associate that with Jesus and how he behaved and how he wanted folks to be treated. And I think that others could potentially get that if I was willing to have that conversation. And maybe I will be. I hope I will be. I hope you will be uh, too challenged at least a little bit to open yourself to be willing to risk a little 
to pro promote what I think is a good way of life, what I hope you feel is a good way of life, and to share that with others. Because I find it helps to have that little extra reason as to why I want to be nice to people, to why I want just relationships amongst all people, why I want reconciliation with those who we've done wrong in the past. And I hope you do too. And I hope, like me, you'll challenge yourself to share that a little bit more in a non-judgmental, non-pushy way. Don't get me wrong here. You know, we're still who we are. But let's try that. And maybe, maybe we can learn a little bit from Paul and some of the early disciples and followers of Jesus and, and maybe spread that word a little bit more so that God's plan for us all, that love God wants us to share amongst each other, can grow on earth a little bit more today and in the future. Amen. The hymn is number 161 in Vices United and on the screen, I have called you by your name. More voices, sorry. have the offering to the front. <clears throat> As we bring our gifts, loving God, with humility and joy, receive us with kindness and delight. As a loving mother receives the gifts of her little child, and as a kind father delights in his growing offspring, may our gifts bring your delight, you delight and serve to share your love with all our brothers and sisters. Amen.
loving God, bless the gifts of our hands, our hearts, and our work. May we remember that all good things come from you as we open our hearts and give. Amen. We continue our response to God by joining together in prayer. <clears throat> Loving God, thank you for giving Paul the vision of a man from Macedonia so that he would go to Philippi and bring news of your mighty love and power to save. We pray today for others who need good news, and in a moment's silence, we name them to you. For those who are broken, for those who are anxious, hear our prayers. For those who are trapped, for those oppressed or enslaved, hear our prayers. For those living in fear in the future, in fear of the future, or traumatized by the past, hear our prayers. God of hope, bring good news to those without hope. God of love, Bring love to those who do not know themselves loved. God of faithfulness, bring justice and mercy to those condemned and betrayed. Food for the hungry, clothes for the naked, freedom for prisoners, light for those in darkness. God of all blessings, hear our prayers, and with them our thanksgiving for you hear us before we know to ask. And let us bring all our prayers together in the words Jesus taught us, each in the language of our heart. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our closing hymn is Voices United, number 24. May the hope of God go with us.
may be seated. We thank everyone for that participated in the service this morning. To uh, Ian on the sound, uh, Rob on the camera, for Beth for her music, and Bill in the upstairs in the camera. Uh, Paul and Paul has uh, prepared uh, juice for us down on the lawn afterwards, so we hope you can join us there too for that. May the peace of Jesus be with you, guiding you through those dark places, protecting you on the journey. May you find rejoicing in all the beauty you have experienced along the way, sharing it with those in your circle of influence. And may the grace of Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all, now and forevermore. Go in peace. Amen. Thank you.